Ramblers, let's get rambling. On my podcast, the home of intelligent rambling, right here on the Talk Shoe Network. I'm your host, Russ Hale. Got a terrific show lined up for you today. It is the week before Christmas and podcasting in the house. And I have some stuff to talk about, and it's not about a mouse. Uh, we got some uh, stuff for you today. I'm going to start things off this show before my Christmas special with a, a release, a uh, brand new release from the great folks at Sony Home Video. It is Leon the Professional, the very first film that Luc Besson did, starring Jean uh, Reno as a hitman whose life gets turned around by a very young Natalie Portman. That's on today's show. Then we go from that life-changing event to another life-changing event to the third and final season of Stephen King's Under the Dome, season three on Blu-ray, courtesy of Paramount Home Video, where this time the enemy is from within in this series. Then we go from people under the dome to people in a kingdom far Far away, and that is with the Blu-ray review of the 10th anniversary edition of The 10th Kingdom, courtesy of Mill Creek Home Entertainment, where a young girl, young woman, gets thrust into the world of fairy tales. Well, long before there was Once Upon a Time in Grimm, there was The 10th Kingdom. And I'm speaking of things far, far away. I'll give you my movie review of Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens that I catched at a theater near me. That's all on this edition of Ramble with Russell. Now, before we get into the main heart of the show, as I said, I did was able to catch Star Wars, new Star Wars movie this weekend. I did want to comment on something, and this will be my, my, my Ramble rant for this show that, that, that annoys me to this day, and I may have talked about this on a previous episode. I may have, but you forgive me if, 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 if I have, and I'm bringing this up again, but it, it still annoys me to this day. When I go to see a movie, when I pay to go see a movie, the last thing I want to see in a theater these days is commercials. Yes, I expect to see trailers for movies coming up because that's, you know, part of the movie experience. But not commercials that I see on TV every day I watch TV. You know, one of the, one of the glorious things about watching stuff in video and getting all the stuff to check out for you in the show is most of the shows I watch now, I wait till it hits video and then I watch commercial free and you know, it's it's really nice. And the odd time I do watch commercial television for news and whatever, you know, I see commercials all the time. And I I I shouldn't have to endure five almost, you know, t- 2 to 5 minutes worth of bloody commercials in a movie theater before I even see trailers. For, to me, that's just kind of messed up. And and really, I wish they would stop that. I mean, I don't need to see... Just because the commercial is blown up really big and, 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 and you know, and these strong speakers doesn't make it any better than what it was when I saw it on television. So, so I wish theaters would stop it. 
yes, you know, keep trailers for upcoming movies. I, I enjoy seeing that. Uh, this time around, I saw really, I got to see the Batman versus Superman trailer that I talked about last time in 3D. And that was damn impressive. Let me tell you, that's coming out next year. And um, and so, yeah, bring on that. But but <laughs> can we just do we have to? I mean, you charge me so much to go see a movie, you know, these days. It's not like it's five bucks anymore. Yeah, those are the days. So I think my price admission should should preclude me seeing commercials that I have to endure while watching regular television. I don't think that's a lot to ask. I, I, I'm guessing for theaters, this is, and uh, movie chains, it's an extra source of revenue. But why should we, the consumer, have to endure it? And if you agree with me, please comment in the comment section or let me know if you agree with this because this has been annoying me for quite some time. And I, I don't think, short of a miracle, um, it's going away. Or, or give me the option, you know, to to go to a ten and and have and a commercial free option, I I would almost pay a little bit more if, if I could go to see a movie and just see trailers and no commercials. Okay, that that's just me. I I want to get that on my chest. It's it's just I saw it again this past weekend and I thought, ah, oh, come on. But but let me know. Let me know if you uh, disagree or agree or or think it's just uh uh you know a necessary evil and I should just suck it up. Let me know. I, I, I want to hear from you. Well, that that's it from this this first part of the show, and we'll be right back. The first review of the show. My movie review for this episode is Leon the Professional on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Video. Now, this is a this was Luke Besson's first film back in 1994 and stars Jean Reno as Leon. Now, Jean uh, Reno, prior to this, had a uh, had a role as this character in La Femme Nikita, which was uh, Luke Besson's pr- first film. So th- this is kind of the follow up to that in his second film, and he was kind of in the process of doing the fifth element and was saying like the fifth element is taking too long to do. I need something to do in the meantime. So they, they wrote the script for this really quickly and shot it really quickly. And that's how this movie was done. It was kind of done by a joint in either New York and Paris. They kind of filmed interiors a lot in, in France. And then they did some exteriors in New York. Now in this one, uh, Jean Reno stars as Leon. He is a, a hitman for hire, and his life kind of gets thrown, uh, you know, uh, uh, in a tizzy when he meets up with Matilda, played by a very young Natalie Portman. Now, this is Natalie Portman's first movie role ever. She plays the, the uh, young girl whose family gets brutally murdered and turns to Leon for help. She's the only survivor. Her, her her father gets killed along with her mother and her teenage sister and a four-year-old kid. This is where this movie is kind of harsh. They kind of show a four-year-old getting gunned down. They, they do it in a way that you don't see bullets actually hitting the kid, but it's very much implied. And at one point, there's even a chalk line of, of where the kid fell. And that's 
pretty brutal. In, in this movie as well, we also have Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, the chameleon. I said this before in Fifth Element. And Gary Oldman, to me, is becoming very much like Johnny Depp, where he just is amazing at doing these varieties of roles. In this one, he plays a crooked detective who who is responsible for the death of Matilda's parents. And, and, and this kind of sets... Matilda on a path for revenge and she convinces Leon that that um, that, he, you know, she needs his help. And 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 he 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 kind of reluctantly at first agrees. And there's a very interesting a bond that forms between this hitman who really has always lived for himself and then suddenly has to help and live for this girl. And it is, and it's a very touching scene near the end of it, which really, it, it, it's 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 a strange kind of love story because as Matilda gets to know Leon, she has feelings for him, and kind of falls for this you know hired killer. Danny Aiello is in this as well as kind of uh, a restaurateur slash contractor for the hitman, although. He he's a little bit in the beginning, but doesn't really show up until like 40 plus minutes into the movie. As with the fifth element, this is a very interesting movie. Luke, Luke Besson really knows how to make a different kind of film. And this this is certainly one of them. Jean Renault is is great in this and is just really good at playing a stone face assassin for for a debut role for Natalie Portman. Wow. I mean, this kid would go on, you know, to be uh, in the Phantom Menace and and many other movies, and 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 such. And she really does a good job. Now, this was remastered in 4K and has Atmos audio. Now, as I said, Fifth Element, I really don't have the sound system for Atmos, but this is probably the best sound and video version you're gonna see of the film for 40 for 20 plus year old movie. It looks good. It's as good as it's ever gonna look. And and it's a, a, a very interesting kind of movie. You do get both the theatrical and extended version of the film. And as one of the extras, you get a fact track on the extended. This is very much reminds me of of the um, of the um, alternative subtitles for a lot of the uh, Doctor Who releases, especially the classic Who, where as you watch it, you get facts about. The thing that you're watching. So for all you Whovians out there, it's very much like that, where you can get an you get information track on the movie while you watch the movie. That's kind of cool, and I wish more movies would do that because you you get insight as you're watching the movie. You get a cast and crew look back, uh, a ten year look back that was done in 2004. Would have been nice if they'd done a new one in 20 years later and how the actors would have looked on it. But that's still 10 years is still pretty interesting. You get uh, Jane Renault, The Road to Leon, where he discusses the, the the character and how it evolves from La Femme Nikita to this role. You get Natalie Portman starting young, a very cool little featurette on how uh, Natalie Portman and how her career has has gone. And a um, and again the the fact track as well and the original theatrical trailer. A not bad release for a single disc. The extras are are there, but there could have been more. I would have loved to have seen a commentary by Luc Besson or even Jean Reno or Natalie Portman in this, especially if they'd done a new one, looking at the film more, you know, 
20 years removed from it. That would have been kind of cool. If you haven't seen this, it, it, it is uh, a very unique film, slightly disturbing in some places, but uh, worth checking out if you haven't already done so. So that is my take of Leon, the professional on the Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Video. As long as I remember The rain be coming down Clouds of mystery fall in confusion On the ground Get me through the edges Trying to find a sun and I wonder, still I wonder Who'll stop the rain Who'll stop the rain Who'll stop the rain Who'll stop the TV show on Blu-ray review for this episode is Under the Dome Season 3, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Video. Now, this is the third and final season of this TV series. Now, the packaging doesn't say that because it makes me think that maybe they were optimistic they would get renewed. Uh, this takes place, of course, right after the, the, the season cliffhanger of season two, where it looked like the, the residents of Chester Mill were finally found a way out of this crazy dome. Well, you know, uh, this show in the past two seasons has been a little bit strange, but they take the strange meter this time around in season three, and they crank it right up. Well, you know, it wouldn't be much of a season if they did get out, and they do and they don't. This season also has the introduction of Mark Helgenberger comes on the show, of course, who was last in CSI. Uh, she she now is uh, she now plays the character of Christine Phillips and is really I'm gonna say the the big bad of this season. She really has a good job playing playing the queen bee. So what basically happens without spoiling too much? Because you know on this show I don't like to spoil things for you. What what basically happens is is that you know we 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 come the the events of season two, and then we get a flash 
and it's a year later and it looks like the residents have escaped the dome. It looks like, you know, show's over. They're they're out of the dome. Characters are moving on with their lives. Yada, yada, yada. Well, you know, it's just not that simple. And 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 we, we find out that and a slight spoiler here that that for quite some time, the the residents of, of Chester Mill, even though it shows they've been out of the dome for a year. No, they haven't been. Uh, they 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 were they were cocooned all except um, Julia and Big Jim were cocooned. And, and now they come out of these cocoons and it's very much invasion of the body snatchers. This is a <laughs> this season is very much that. And they, they kind of bring the horror element into the show a little more. It, it, it's just been described in the extras as like, uh, uh, you know, a bit of um, more Stephen King Kingy in this. And yeah, I would have to say the creep factor in this season is really big so you have you have a new cast member of christine ellenberger you uh helgenberger you also have as another new uh character the the character of ava played by kyla burn burnberry she kind of is a a new love interest for dale barbie barbara and and she really kind of throws things into the loop here she she gets introduced along with Christine, and, and we find out as this you know season goes on. Again, it's only a twelve episode season. That, that that there's a lot more to these two than meets the eye, and and so it, it's it's a, one of those us versus them thing, and and this forces Julia and Big Jim to kind of have to work together. And if you watch the previous two seasons, you know that these two. Ain't exactly, you know, bosom buddies here. And so there's a very interesting relationship. As always, uh, this is definitely a season you you really have to have watched the, the first two to really get into the third. If you were to jump into this season, just season three, oh, it'd be more confusing than, than it is. Uh, also, of course, Junior plays a big part in this season as well. He kind of gets hooked up with the Queen Bee. Very early on, and and so that influences a lot of his actions in in the show. You also get uh, uh, also the character of Hunter, who who we saw kind of get introduced last season. Hunter May, played by Max Eldridge, he he gets a, a bigger role in this third season, and as a bit of a. a Kind of a, in a love triangle, sort of between Nori and Joe. They, they, their relationship goes through some very interesting kind of changes. With this third season, you do get more information on what the dome is. This is where it, it really strays from the source material, and and. Yes, aliens are brought in to the series, but not in the way they were with the book. So it, it it is the dome was created by an alien just in a completely different way. So you have that going on with it. So it's very much a conspiracy. It's, you know, authority versus resistance. It's, it seems to be the theme in science fiction lately, you know. The, the minority versus the majority and, and that kind of thing. And, it, and it's no, no exception to the rule in this season of Under the Dome. 
as a final season, it, it does kind of put a bow on things when it comes to Chester's Mill, but not completely the series. This show has been dropped by CBS. It will not be coming back for a fourth season on CBS. That's been made official. But the way they ended it, and maybe you think, you get a feeling that maybe the, the producers and the writers thought, well, maybe there's a chance that, you know, you know, the things may be coming to end. So we'll wrap up certain things. But they do leave uh, it kind of open for another network or another show, another network to kind of pick up the series from it left off. It may be cold under the dome, but when it comes to Chester's Mills, I, I think it's safe to say, without spoiling too much, that that part of you know that part of the story is done, and 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 I think the the if it does continue, it will be moving on to uh, a different locale in a different city. The and and yeah, so I, I think that's the way it's going to go. As a guest star, Christine Helgenberger does a, a great job as the Queen Bee here. She really has that 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 she's just evil so well. And and then I mean, uh, I didn't watch her much in CSI. Uh, as you know, Ramblers, I'm not a huge fan of some of the more modern procedural cop shows. I find. Jesus, they all kind of blend together, all the CSIs and all those shows like that. And and they're just same old, same old. And I don't watch them very much. So I can't really judge if she's better in this show than what she's done before. But as just being a queen bee and a queen bitch, yeah, yeah. She she fits the role here, here and really good casting. Uh, and, and there are some cast members that, that don't make it out. Of 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 season three, there are some members that 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 going right back to the start of the show don't survive season three, and that's that's kind of good about Dome. I always felt that there it was always a guessing game with this show. Um, for extras, you get a fair amount of of extras with this release, not a ton. You do get um, get Return to the Dome, a look at season three. This is a nice overall look at the third season with a lot of the cast members talking about it. Life Under the Dome, the behind the scenes of season three. This is a, a, a longer featurette that gives you more than in-depth kind of behind the camera production-wise look at it, whereas one before was just mostly the actors and producers talking about it. A special featurette on the season finale, which is kind of cool. Um, you get a featurette on the device, the actual egg itself and how they talk about that. You get a uh, feature on Indy the dog. Yes, in this third season, Jim gets a pet dog named Indy, and he he serves a role in this. And so you get a feature on the dog and how they train him to do all the stuff he does on the show. Extended and deleted scenes, and of course, as always, a gag reel. Unfortunately, there is no uh, audio commentary on either the premiere or the last episode. It would have been kind of nice to see, you know, uh, commentary at least on the final episode of the show and maybe the producers talking of where they would have gone from here what a fourth season would have looked like if they'd done it I, I would have liked to have seen at least some speculation on that but that didn't happen packaging wise it is very it is the same as the previous two system uh, seasons I do like the fact that they kept the theme the same but as always with the first two seasons you need to get yourself an elastic band to hold it together 
Because if you don't, if you're just walking casually, the whole thing will flop right out. I like the creative and design, but I still think packaging-wise, they could have created some kind of flap or something to hold the top and the bottom together so it wouldn't fly out of your hand if you're holding it or walking it somewhere. Uh, that's just a little flaw. So invest in another uh, elastic band because you're going to need that just <laughs> so the thing doesn't fly off on you. In, in general, as a series, um, I liked it. As I said, it, it did get a little weird in, in the third season. So if you're not into aliens and stuff, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, it, it does go in some very interesting directions. There's a lot of character development. Uh, I like the actors in the show. Uh, I think uh, they, they took the premise of, of the Stephen King novel and really changed it. Uh, what can I say? I still would have loved to have seen the ending in the novel on the TV show. It didn't happen, sadly. So for all you fans who loved Under the Dome, the novel, we didn't get the big epic ending that was in the book. We got an ending, but just not that kind of high tension one, which was really cool in, in the novel. So it's different. Uh, but you you can judge which one you like better. I th I think both of them work well. Uh, it's just a shame that um, I don't know the way they end end this third season. Th there's so there's there's a potential there, which would make a really interesting fourth a fourth season, which could be in a lot of ways a lot like really different from the third and that in the show it could have either uh, sunk or or thrived but that unfortunately we we won't know unless another network picks it up but stranger things have happened and you never know somebody like netflix or any one of the other networks could pick the show up again and we'll just have to wait and see if there's a season four under another network for under the dome so that is my take of Under the Dome Season 3 on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Paramount Home Video. Play that beat, wee wee. You told me, you told me that I can forget the pain But every time I wake up, we jump into the rain the story, the story is not the easiest to tell Can't go to sleep and wake up to a fairy tale You told me, you told me that I can forget the pain But every time I wake up, we jump into the rain The story, the story is not the easiest to tell Can't go to sleep and wake up to a fairy tale Things ain't perfect and things ain't what they might be Everything's looking good but it ain't really what you see Trying to hide it, the truth's not the divine Lie after lie, I still chose to believe you. Time
episode is the 10th kingdom the 15th anniversary edition courtesy of the great folks at mill creek home entertainment now this mini series came out as i said 15 years ago and it was one of those ones uh, that that as i said in the intro long before once upon a time long before grim this is a time when fairy tales weren't the most popular thing on tv and it was kind of interesting to see how how they brought this out now the, the stars for this one, um, your, your main leads in this one are, is is the character Virginia Lewis, played by Kimberly Williams Paisley, uh, Tony Lewis, played by John Larroquette, and the Wolf, played by Scott Cohen. You also have Diane Weist as the Evil Queen in this one, and Daniel Lapine as Prince Wendell. Also in this one is Ed O'Neill as the Troll King, and I gotta give credit to Ed O'Neill in this one. Even with all that makeup, he, uh, I, you know, he had a lot of makeup on. His acting performance, I didn't realize it was Ed O'Neill. I had to kind of remind myself that this was the character. He plays a role that is that is so different from 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 uh, you know uh, Mr. Bundy, and 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 it's even a lot different from uh, his, modern, his most recent role, Modern Family, that I. I forgot it was Ed O'Neill. I'm thinking, who is that actor in that? And and that's a compliment. If you can forget the character is the actor that they are, that's pretty good. And and I got a, his his best troll king was really I I forgot it was that guy. And that's that that's good if you can forget that he was Al Bundy. The story revolves around again Virginia Lewis, played by Kimberly Williams Paisley. She and and her husband and her and her father Tony, played by John Larroquette, they're living in in New York somewhere, or Manhattan, somewhere in in the Big Apple, and and their lives get interrupted when Prince Wendell, uh, uh, who who is is the heir to the throne, he's about to take over uh, the rule of the the Fourth Kingdom in this story. Uh, there, there are nine uh, magical kingdoms that are all linked together in this alternative universe, and in in our reality is considered the tenth kingdom. So, in this fourth kingdom, in this alternate reality where all fairy tales really did come true, the the Prince Wendell has 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 been dethroned by the evil queen. She's been let loose in prison and used a shape changing golden retriever to switch places with the prince. The dog touches the prince. The prince becomes the dog and the dog becomes the prince. Okay. So, so the, the, the dog escapes and, and escapes through a magic mirror into our world and, and stumbles upon Virginia and her father. 
and in pursuit of the dog is is essentially the big bag wolf, big big bad wolf in human form, played by Scott Cohen. He's an interesting character because he starts off as a villain, but as this miniseries, and this is a a five part miniseries, as this miniseries goes forward, he he kind of um you know, evolves in, into a better character. Although there's a lot of twists and turns along the way. In this fairy tale land, it has been 200 plus years since Snow White and, and Red Riding Hood and Cinderella existed. And in the wake of these, 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 these um, fairy tale characters, the world has moved on in there. And, and, and everybody and all the happily ever afters have been found. But not everything is happily ever after as it used to be. And with the evil queen being let loose, well, let's just say she plans on using Prince Wendell Dog to kind of shake things up a bit. As the story progresses, we find out that there is a connection between the evil queen and Virginia. And that leads to a, a really big denouement at the end. Uh, for for a, a miniseries that was 15 years old, I gotta say, not bad. Uh, the, the you gotta consider that CGI was 15 years younger, and and they did a, a a lot of good here with like practical effects, and 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 decent CGI. There weren't too many times I saw this, and this is always a test for me. And I got oh look at that, they're standing right in front of a green screen right there. And there there's been some stuff in the last 15 years. Like I, I, I like the show Sanctuary, and and uh, I like Game of Thrones, but there are times when you watch those shows, and you're saying to yourself, "Oh, yeah, that I can, I can so tell that they are walking in a set, and most of that background you see is grease screened, and they got a little bit of props around them, but most of that is not really there." You, you can just even, even you, you, you can see it, and and it kind of throws me off a bit because my eyes go, "Ah, well, you know." That that's kind of a bit of trickery, and this one it was done really well. I, I don't I think and you can tell in the featurettes they made a lot of these sets very practical, and and so it really helps in the believability. There's one point where they go through an enchanted forest, and and they built all that, and it really shows and it shows the detail. I I find with a lot of new shows if they use too much green screen, and I know it's a cost cutting measure. It, it kind of takes me out because I can see it and spot it, and I know, okay, that's not really there. And so I, I like that. John Larroquette is great in this. This is, you know, 15 years ago. He was much younger than he than he is now. And and, he, and, he, and his father, Tony, really goes through an, an evolution. All the characters grow within these five episodes. And, and that's why, like, also a lot of the men were really big cliffhangers, which makes me glad I had this on video. So all the characters really grow in this, and 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 that's kind of neat. You also get some very interesting takes on some modern fairy tales. You have Snow White in this one, but this is not the you know this is a, a much bigger Snow White <laughs> we've seen before. It's amazing how how they they they've taken many of these Disney characters, and yet they have kind of interpreted them in their own way. So you you have a, a very interesting, you know, a, a different kind of interpretation of a lot of fairy tale characters. Uh, as being kid-friendly, yeah, for the most part. Um, there isn't anything too gory, anything too harsh about this. And, and it's nice to see that, you know, 
this this is a, another take on on fairy tale characters. As a miniseries, it works really well. You know, the the, the characters have to go on an adventure, and and you do get a, a talking dog in this one. At one point, uh, Tony gets wishes, and he wishes that he could speak with the dog. So you have kind of like. A, you have a talking dog in the movie, but his lips don't move when he talks. And that's good, because that creeps me out in, in in a lot of that stuff. So for the most part, you have Wendell as a talking dog in this. And it's a really well-trained retriever. After living with one myself, it's kind of cool to see one on TV. And and I, I like what is done that way. Now, the, the uh, as, as a bonus, they, they actually do give you a... Um, a, a making of featurette with it, which is really great. And uh, some behind the scenes, you see some of the actors talking about it. So you don't just get the miniseries by itself. I, I love the intro to the miniseries each episode. It, 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 it's a really nice song sequence where it shows uh, taking New York and then turn, turning it into a, a fantasy storyland as that kind of emerges through New York. That's a great imagery, and I like how that was done. Uh, that it's a really cool intro to the series. Overall, if you missed this 15 years ago, I I admit I did. I remember hearing about this, but I never got the chance. It this is a great thing to check out. They've done a great job in restoring this to Blu-ray. This looks great. It doesn't look like it's 15 years old. It, it's really cleaned up, and the picture quality is is terrific. The only thing it may be missing. Um, yeah, so it would have been nice to have some audio commentary on some of these episodes, but at least there is a making of featurette, and it's not just bare bones. Here's your here's your episodes. Enjoy it. Yeah. So uh, so uh, overall, it's 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 a fun mini series and a nice alternative look on 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 fairy tales, kind of modernized, but 15 years ago. So that's my take of the Tenth Kingdom, the fifteenth anniversary special edition on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Mill Creek Home Entertainment.
review for this episode is Star Wars The Force Awakens at a theater near you. Now, of course, this is episode 7 of the Star Wars franchise, and it's been over 10 years since we've seen a Star Wars movie in theaters. So we're talking a long time here. Now, I'm going to admit this, and if you're a fan of this show and you listen to the show long enough, you know I am a big Star Wars fan. I, I'm dating myself, but I was a kid back in the 70s when the first Star Wars movie opened, and I, I'm remembering seeing it, and, and I got hooked as a kid. I'll, I'll be honest with you. So I, I approached this movie with a little bit of trepidation. I felt seeing this movie was the same feeling I had was like when I saw Phantom Menace. Because, you know, it had been a long gap between Star Wars movies. I'd heard a lot of hype about this. And I was cautiously optimistic. Now, uh, with, with Phantom Menace, um, it, it was one of those movies. It was great to see the Star Wars back in the theaters again. Uh, but, I don't know, it just didn't grab me. Now, of course, director behind this movie is J.J. Abrams, a man who revitalized the last two uh, Star Trek movies. Now, uh, Abrams kind of left the Trek franchise to go to this one. And and is in the, the there is going to be a Star Trek 3, uh, Star Trek Beyond, but Abrams is just producing it, and, and, and the, one of the Fast and Furious directors is directing it. So he's kind of handed over the reins in a little way away from Star Trek. Now, this movie is set 30 years after the events of Return of the Jedi, and the galaxy is once again in a whole lot of heap of trouble. From the ashes of the Empire rises the First Order, where... Even though Palpatine's dead, doesn't mean that there is a, a, a meanie, you know, doesn't mean the Sith are gone. As always, one goes down, one takes his place. And the, the Emperor role in this one is is by the character of Smoke. And much like the, the previous Star Wars movies, he's kind of just seen as a hologram more than anything. There's more to come. I think, with that character. Now, of course, this is just the first in three movies that's been announced. And this kind of has the same feel to me as the first Lord of the Rings uh, movie, Fellowship of the Ring, where we knew this was the first of three. And this is very much, uh, Force Awakens is very much a kind of let's reset the universe. Now, of course, the Star Wars franchise was bought by the mouse by Disney back in 2012. And a lot of fans were really excited, thinking, great, we have all this Star Wars history that since Jedi, Jedi finished, we got all these novels, we have Anakin uh, Solo and Ben Solo and Jaina Solo and all this really cool stuff from the expanded universe. Well, I got to give the producers of this movie credit. They said overall, uh, say, they said right at the get-go, we know you, you love this stuff, but, but don't expect, you know, Heir to the Empire to be this movie because it it wasn't uh and and this one they've taken little bits from that universe but but don't expect to you know to see anything from the expanded you really they, i i can see the little bits they've kind of picked from it but it, it really no it, you you won't see uh, you won't see Anakin, Jaina, or Jason Solo in this movie. Not to say, slight spoiler, there's more than one Solo in this movie. And there's one Solo that isn't a Solo. 
if, if that makes sense. Watch this and you'll see. Back, uh, of course, in the cast is Harrison Ford as Han, uh, Carrie Fisher as uh, not Princess, but General Organa. No, no solo there. And that, that I found that was interesting. And, and Mark Hamill returns as Skywalker. Now, I'm going to preface this. Even though, and this is a slight spoiler here, even though the he is billed and top billed in this one, Hamill, if you went to this movie, think, oh, I'll see Luke and Leia and Han all together again, and Chewie's back too. Uh, no, slight spoiler. I hate to disappoint you folks, but 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 the the Han, Leia, and Luke reunion isn't gonna happen in this iteration of the movies and I, I won't say what happens but there are things that happen in this movie where whatever the hell they're going to call the second one it, that reunion's not going to happen there may be a partial reunion of some of those characters but but the big one that you really wanted to see no no and and Hamill really should just be billed as a cameo in this one because really and again slight spoiler you you rich, literally only see the character fully for a few seconds and no word of dialogue from Mr. Hamill. So all you Luke fans out there, I'm sorry. Wait till movie two in the next two, three, four years maybe. That's usually the gap between movies. Uh, yeah, no. They, they It's a lot of buildup, but <laughs> no. This movie is really kind of a passing of the torch in a way. A lot of people have reviewed this and said, this is kind of like Star Wars' greatest hits. And in a way, yeah, it is. You, you, you have, you know, uh, a fascist empire, but they call it First Order. You have a humongous uh, Death Star. Now, they call this one a Star Killer, which is very interesting because the weapon in this movie is taken from one of the Star Post-Jedi novels. There was a star killer weapon. I imagined, imagined it differently in the novels, but yeah, if you read those, they did port that in, you know, a weapon that uses the sun, a, a sun to, 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 to power itself. So yeah, that exists. Um, so there's a lot of that kind of borrowing on it. We get, we get introduced to three main new characters, Poe, Finn, and Rey, and also Kylo Ren, the, the, the Vader of this movie. And he does have a connection to the, to the Skywalker clan, shall we say. I won't say much, uh, you know, but there is a connection there. And 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 there is there is a thing with names, where there's a name that's said, and I get why they chose it. But there are other names, two other names I would have been happy with, but they didn't go that way. And as a fan of the novels, I was a little disappointed in that. I'm not going to say anymore because I don't spoil things in this show. You know this, Ramblers. I don't do that. So that's choice. Also, the character of Ray. Uh, she starts as an orphan who was left by her parents. There's something there that I think they're going to explore with her more in the novels to come. I suspect who she really is, but I'll and people who have read the novels may suspect who she eventually will turn out to be. 
But we'll see. I, I have my suspicions on that one. And the character of Finn, let's just say, if he was cast, uh, if they cast a different actor to play him, I could see where his, possibly a development in his character as well. But since they didn't go that direction, I don't know if much more would be revealed of his background. If they'd gone a different direction, then yeah, I, that could have led to something really cool. But I don't see how they can pull that off now. And and that's that's just me. Overall, uh, did it give me that feeling of being a kid again for a Star Wars movie? Mm, hard to say, you know. When I was a kid, all nobody had done a movie like this before. And 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 it really stood out. There have been so many amazing space battles movies since 77. I, I, it, it's hard to get that feeling. The movie is slow to start. I will warn you, it does pick up majorly at the end, but it is a bit of a slow burn. And 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 you just kind of have to accept that. I did see this in 3D. This is the first, to my knowledge, that I can remember Star Wars movie I've seen in 3D, and it is really cool in 3D. It 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 is really impressive. They did a good job with that, and 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 it looks looks really good. Um, and of course the John Williams theme is in that. So thank it. It did have it did have that feel of Williams. They also had the, the 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 edit, the swipes, which is basically Star Wars. A whole ton load of new characters. They they could mine this for action figures for years to come. And knowing Disney, they probably will. Uh, overall, uh, as I, I kind of have to view this movie kind of like Fellowship of the Rings. Uh, I know in the past I watched Fellowship with somebody else in video, somebody I used to know, and they saw it and said, what? The movie ends this way, and and there's going to be a lot of people, I'm guaranteeing you, are going to feel this way about Force Awakens. But you just have to keep it in mind, this is the first in three movies. We got another one to go, and I bet you it's going to have that other kind of, okay, we got to wait for a third ending. But that's just the nature of movies that you know there's gonna be a sequel to and this is one of those movies and and that's where you're gonna go it does have a resolution but there's so much more hinted at at the end so so we'll see where it goes it it, it definitely i mean this is is kind of what it's going to be much like lord of the rings where It'd be easier to sit through this when you know you had the next chapter right of it and better judge as a whole when the third movie comes out, which probably won't be for another five or six years. So we really have a while to kind of wait and judge how good of an opening chapter this was to to the new trilogy. And, and that that's going to be the true test. <clears throat> if you're a Star Wars fan... Yeah, I, I think you'll like it. The, the scenes between Han Solo and 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 Leia were just best parts of the movie. That that really just seeing those two seeing each other again, and and Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher did a great job of that. That really tugged on my little eight year old, seven eight year old nostalgia heart there, and and that 
That was the biggest moment for me. Yeah, the space battles are epic, but but that that really was something. And there's a scene near the end, and and, and I saw where it was going, but it was still wow. And and so th- there are some some real moments in this movie. You just have to set through a lot of setup, um, setup in 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 when it comes to the beginning. Uh, when it comes to the new characters, I think they did a good job. There's a lot of potential they've started on. The true test is going to be how they develop more in the second and third movies and, and where they end compared to how they started. It's, it's always tricky with these movies when you know there's two others coming, and, and this is definitely falls in that case. Uh, uh, was I pleased to see it? Yes. But much with Lord of the Rings, I'm even more anxious to see, you know, where do we go from here? To quote an old Buffy episode. Because uh, uh, there's potential, but we'll see if the, the second movie is, is another Jedi, or is another um, Empire Strikes Back, or is it just Gremlins 2? That, that really will be the test for me. So that is my take of Star Wars The Force Awakens Episode 7 of the franchise at a theater near you. Well, that's it for this episode of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can get in touch with me the number of ways. You can check me out on Twitter. I'm Rambling Russ on Twitter. R-I-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me and I'll tweet you back. That is my Twitter number, at Rambling Russ. You can also check me out right here on TalkShoe. I'm show 18411. That is my show ID. I encourage you to check out all my episodes and leave any comments that you feel you want to comment about. You can also check out my original home on the internet back on Libsyn. That's uh, still up. At HTTP, full colon, backslash, backslash, rambling Russ, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S dot L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. That was my first home on the internet. We have over eight plus years of podcasting goodness going right back till uh, May 2006, right up till August of 2013. And all my shows from there are, are uh, moved over to here on talk show. Of course, you can check out all of my older episodes as well. In iTunes and the iTunes store under podcast. Just search the name of my show and you'll find them right there. Uh, coming up, uh, we got a lot. We got coming up, of course, later this week will be my annual Christmas special. I always try to do a Christmas special every year, and this year is no exception to the rule. And we got a very special show planned. Review wise, I'll give you my review of The Christmas Consultant, a, a brand new release courtesy of Anchor Bay. Home Entertainment, starring Kathleen Rea and David Hasselhoff as a man who will help create your special Christmas. So that's coming up as well. You're going to get a special co-host for this episode and is going to be my my lovely other half, Leanne. She is going to join me in the show. We're going to do a, a brand new segment. I don't think I've ever done on the show. And it's going to be Christmas uh, Christmas of TV shows past where her and I are going to sit down and talk about some um, TV show, some special TV episodes of some of your favorite classic TV shows from the past and we're talking about a, a holiday episodes from the Dukes of Hazard, from Remington Steel, from Magnum PI 
and also talk about uh, two of her favorite uh, Christmas special- specials from the Waltons, which is something I normally don't talk about on the show, and, and one of her favorite Christmas movies, One Magic Christmas. So that's all on the ep- thing for next week's show, our, our this coming Christmas special. So that's what we're going to be talking about. We'll talk about those episodes and 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 the the <laughs> what they did because it's it's amazing to look back and some of the old TV show stuff. So that is all coming up on my Christmas special, and of course, Christmas special we fill with all kinds of pod safe Christmas music because couldn't be a Christmas show without it. I I probably won't have time this year, although maybe we'll see. Uh, I usually try to check out, um, stop by and have my visit with Santa at the local mall. I don't know if I'll do that. And I was hoping to speak with Chris Houle from Iceman Video Games about uh, video games for the holidays, but that I'm not sure of either. That just my life's too busy and there's only one of me and I, I do what I can for this show. Video-wise, coming up, still got a lot of great releases left in December and January. It's looking very good as well. Uh, possible uh, reviews coming up. I am making my way through Season 2 of Extant on Blu-ray, courtesy of Paramount Home Video, starring Halle Berry, and this season, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, as Molly Woods uh, continues her struggle. And, and this time, it, it's, it's becoming a war of humans versus robots versus aliens as we continue the alien theme in television. So that's coming up on a future show. Possibly... The 28th will be the next regular show. Now, I might or might not take a week off. It depends on what's happening. But that is coming up. Also, feature possible reviews is the movie The Perfect Guy, courtesy of Sony, as well as Bad Boys 1 and 2, the the 20th anniversary collection, courtesy of uh, Sony as well. And Mission Impossible Rogue Nation on Blu-ray, courtesy of Paramount Home Video. Along with that... Uh, possible reviews will be Joe Dirt 2, uh, Scorpion Season 1. Still trying to make my way through that show. It's a longer season, so it's trickier. Uh, the, the movie Home, courtesy of Fox Home Video, and Paper Towns, courtesy of them as well. And maybe even now, I'll try to squeeze in Making of the Mob. So that's all possibly coming up in future episodes of the show. I did just finish the main story campaign for Rise of the Tomb Raider, courtesy of Microsoft Canada. I'll have that review for you very soon as well. Just going to play a little bit of the multiplayer and then I'll better give you my full review on the sequel to the reimagining of Lara Croft. That's all coming up in future episodes of the show. Well, I hope everybody has a good week coming up. Hope you get all your Christmas shopping in. Looks like here in southern central Ontario, we're going to have ourselves a green Christmas at this point because just the temperature is really too warm. But I hope everybody else you had the Christmas and you celebrate the holidays, however you do it, and you have a good time. Have fun, stay safe, don't drink and drive over the holidays, and, and um, have fun. And we'll see you the next show for my Christmas special. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye.